0: Cats to another episode of our weaver state women's hoop show here at weaver state weekly we're a member of the big sky podcast network and i'm your host colby peterson on the show today we have jessica oiler jessica how you doing
1: doing pretty dang good excited to be here
0: yeah excited to see you as well uh had a had a lot to talk about and so uh, we missed last week that we're not able to have a show and so we've got a fair bit to talk about we're just talking about this last games but uh, also we have on the show once again brooke menick brooke how you doing
2: I'm pretty good. My Rams just won the Super Bowl.
0: <laughs> so they did. I watched it. I watched it happen. And uh, I'm going to be honest, I rooted against your Rams, but I was I... also rooting for Jonah Williams. So,
1: mm-hmm. Whatever.
0: They <laughs> did pretty
1: good. I was impressed and rooted for them with you, Brooke. Thank yeah. you.
0: <laughs> and then finally, we have uh, Dan Hubler back with us. Dan, how are you doing? Doing so well. Halfway through
3: the work week, having a lot of fun. Getting things yes, done. Sir.
0: Yes, sir. All right. So um, we got a, we got a show today for you folks. We're going to be talking a little bit about the uh, the game against East Washington on Thursday night. Uh, then we're going to talk about the game on Saturday against Idaho. And then I've got a game for our panel. We're going to be playing Factor Cap. Let's see if they can smell a rat. Um, We've got some scenarios that maybe they're true. Maybe they're not. We're going to find out and see what our panel thinks. Uh, But first, before we get into all that, I want to encourage everybody to subscribe to the show, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all good places to find Weaver State Weekly and get it in your ears. We're also on social media. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter, one of the best places to interact with the Weaver State Weekly team. Um, Especially uh, on game day, we've been doing um, Twitter spaces, watch parties. We've been doing a lot of them for the men's team, but done a couple for the women's team. Uh, Usually road games, because most folks just show up to the Purple Palace. So if it's a road game, Try and find us on Twitter Spaces. Uh, it's a good time. And we like to talk about the game as it's happening. And then finally, we've got a Patreon. You go to patreon.com slash weberstateweekly. Uh, we've got a, a little bit of content up there on if you're a patron right now. If you are interested in the recruits from National Signing Day 22, just a couple of weeks ago for the football team. Uh, I've got four interviews up now with more to come. So become a patron and you'll get your opportunity to watch those interviews. They're about 15 minutes each. And get to know some of these new recruits. Um, and then also, folks, we want to shout out the sponsor to today's show, Studio 98. If you're looking for a ring that isn't run-of-the-mill, check out Studio 9-8. They're a local jeweler run by a fellow Wildcat and a former football player who loves the purple and white just as much as you do. So check out his website at Studio 9, that's N-I-N-E, Studio 98, 8 the number 8.com, and check out their beautiful rings. Uh, and also be sure to check out that Flying W special. It's a beauty. So check them out. All right, folks. Um, mischief managed. Let's talk a little bit about this EWU game. Um, <laughs> Eastern, uh, interesting, interesting team to kind of come into Ogden. Um, a team that I think is beatable. Was, was, you know, looked like the Wildcats could definitely beat them. But uh, they, they do have that staunch defense like we talked about last time. And so uh, they were kind of neck and neck going there through three quarters. I think the Wildcats were right there. And then the fourth quarter happened. And the offense just really struggled and the Eagles pull away. I mean, talk to us a little bit about what went wrong. Brooke, Uh, maybe I'll start with you.
2: Um, I think they just start off slow in the fourth quarter. They missed, I don't know, I think I read like six shots and then had a couple turnovers right at the beginning in the first five minutes, and it just allowed Eastern Washington to go on a run, and they just could never recover from that.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, solid point. Like you said, just slow offense to start, and then the eastern offense was you know continuing to chug along in a little bit of a hole mm-hmm. they're already on short time so it makes things tough to get back in and the wildcats unfortunately not able to do it um Goyler, what about you i mean what was what was the thing that caused the, Wildc- the wildcats to falter in the fourth quarter against eastern
1: Yeah, I think exactly what Brooke said. You know, you start off a little bit rough and then that's when we started getting a little bit more handsy and giving them free throw opportunities. So as soon as, you know, we were like, oh, we're down, we're trying to recover, we're grabbing for the ball and, you know, not being as careful um, when we're blocking and we just gave away a few free throws that we shouldn't have in that fourth quarter. And so I think, starting off slow combined with frustration kind of got us to where we dug ourselves in a hole that was a little bit hard. Well, obviously not a little bit hard. We just didn't dig out of in that fourth quarter.
0: Yeah. I mean, and a good point, like you said, trying to, trying to make things happen defensively to kind of spur that offense because in this, the set offense was, was struggling. And so needed to find answers, hopefully maybe in the form of fast break. Wildcats only had two steals in this game. So trying to kind of make up for some lost time um, defensively. Dan, what about you? To your eyes, fourth quarter, struggling on offense like, we, like we've like we talked about here. Jessica noting that that leads to maybe some defensive mistakes, putting the Eagles on the line. I mean, the Eagles ended up shooting. Um, they ended up shooting, let me scroll back up here, uh, 33 free throws in this game um, with yeah. 18 of those coming in the fourth quarter. You know, just a huge jump in that number you know and so yeah. and it was rough they,
3: they matched them all the way up to uh the fourth quarter and that's the part that you could see uh they were they were ahead i remember uh i actually went to this game i was very proud it was one of our first games we were masked up uh rachel and i we, we actually attended and it was fun to see him in person and and yeah the energy was there and then in the fourth quarter uh as soon as that lead uh, as soon as Iwu took the lead, it was tough uh, for them to try to get that momentum back. It, it becomes such a mental game and it can be really challenging to figure out some way to get that edge. And they tried, but uh, yeah, didn't match up there at the end.
0: Yeah, I mean, a uh, bright spot in this one, though, um, the consistent way of Darren Hickok. I mean, I feel like especially these last you know couple of weeks, she's really answered the bell consistently going out and getting the numbers that she needs to. And, uh, so in this one, 23 points on eight of 13 shooting seven of eight from the free throw line, uh, really seems to have found her groove, uh, as these, as these weeks have worn on. Um, I mean, anybody agree with that? I mean, talk to me about how you're feeling about Darren Hickok right now, Brooke.
2: Um, just that she's awesome. She seems to be, well, it seems like she never comes out of the game, but when she's on, she's on and she definitely was on in this game. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know what else to say. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: no, that's good. Like you said, I uh, played 37 minutes, though. So that's a good point. You know, a lot of minutes played. But when you're having that kind of impact, you know, seems like Coach V is like, yeah, let's leave, let's leave a good player in and then let her, you know, kind of do what she needs to do because it's working. Um, Jessica or Dan, thoughts on Darren Hickok's performance? I mean, because it felt like there was a there was a time maybe about a month ago where she was having maybe a little bit of a slump. And uh, now she seems like she's fully broken out of that and she's ready to go. I mean, she's scoring, you know, 15 plus each, each night, um, you know, in this, this last week, more than 20 in both games. So looking really good thoughts.
1: Yeah. I went back and looked at her stats and it looked like late December, early January. She just was in the slump that you referenced. I mean, there was yeah. an exception in there on the uh Montana State game. She had just a blowout game there, but for the most part, she was in a slump and she's really recovered probably these last eight or so games. I, I think she even had a double double in, uh, the Eastern Washington game. I think part of that is, you know, being a good offensive rebounder as well, right? If she's able to jump in there and get the ball and get it back up, you, you tend to see a lot of that, um, from Darren and she's just, I mean, she is in it in terms of just playing a fierce game of basketball. You can, you can see how much she cares when she's out there on the court. And I think this Eastern Washington game certainly demonstrated that.
0: Yeah. It's a good call out to when that slump took place. Cause I don't know if you all remember the game that we all went to against, I believe it was Montana. That was the Montana, was it the Montana game where they signed autographs and she ended up getting hit in the head and had to come out of the game. Was it that game?
1: I think I'm trying, so. to, yeah. I'm
0: trying to remember, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously like maybe that, you know, had an impact cause that was very early in the, in the season, you know, the men playing up in, um, in Missoula that weekend, it was a Saturday. And so maybe that was kind of, you know, kind of the contributing factor to her, you know, kind of being a little bit out of it, you know, sort of an injury and then coming back, getting, getting her legs back under her and saying, okay, ready to go. <laughs> Dan, thoughts on Darren Haycock? Uh,
3: well, I, I want to basically echo what else has been said, but uh, the main point that the word that comes to mind here is consistency. I'm looking at her performances over the season, and you see consistently rebounds. And I'm counting one, two. Is that right? Two? I think it's two double doubles. Maybe three double doubles and so yeah she's uh she's always consistently leading in points and rebounds and sometimes she's even taken the lead on assists so we need that we need that kind of catalyst play somebody that's there to score consistently uh that often attracts the defense and then hopefully that can open up uh the lane for other players and and shots for other players
0: yeah i mean like you said here dan um Assisting is is a big piece of what this team has done, especially with their post play, playing in the paint. That's what this team likes to do. Backdoor cuts and, you know, sort of those opportunities, moving off ball, creating those opportunities to get easy layups at the rim. That's what this defense is built of or this offense is built upon. And so uh, Darren Hickok, definitely. I was going to say, if you could pick at nits, I mean, six turnovers in this Eastern game. um, uh, Wildcats ended up with 20. Uh, And so, again, let's talk about that right now, because that's the next thing I've got here in the rundown is a rough turnover game. Wildcats commit 20 to the Eagles, 11, 13 of those turnovers were steals. Um, and so it's just, um, it seems like, I don't know if you all remember the game back up in Cheney, but I think that they, the Wildcats had like 20 plus turnovers in that game as well. It was like maybe 23 or four. I can't remember what it was, but another very high number. And so it's, you know, the Eagles are a team that are going to steal the ball quite a bit. And um, that, that came, you know, that became apparent once again in this game thoughts on kind of how those tough defensive teams seem to get the Wildcats back to the team that they were last season after making a lot of progress this year. From
3: what I could see watching the game, I remember some of the passes that were being thrown. Sometimes they'd be like, well, why is that being thrown? And other times I was like, okay, that's a difficult pass but once it was made there were, there were some wide open shots but quite often some of the passes were head scratchers and, and and they led to steals uh but I saw quite a few forced right there in the middle and when they were on when they uh when they weren't stolen they we were like wow okay back door got that right wide open but other times with some of those passes uh it was a little frustrating to watch because I think that is what led to quite a few steals especially there at the end of the game.
1: Yeah, and I think Eastern Washington's a fast hands team, right? So they're they're good with their hands, they're just fast overall. The other thing, I mean, that was really detrimental to us is just the number of points that they scored off those turnovers. So it wasn't yeah. just that they took the ball, it was that they scored 26 points off of it. So they were able to they are a quick team and I think that that's and just what really impacted us both in the amount of turnovers, but also in the fact that they were able to convert on so many of them.
0: Yeah. And I mean, and that's probably the difference right there, right, Jessica, because we talk about, there are lots of things that we could look at in this game, but the the, the high turnover number plus the ability of the Eagles to score on those turnovers, like it's not just takeaways at that point. So, you know, it's, it's giving away buckets and uh, in, in a game where you lose by just nine, um, you know, a little bit, a little bit of a bummer. Or sorry, no, that's that's the next game. We'll talk about that. In this game, you know, you're losing by 13, but 26 points. I mean, you shave down on some of those turnovers. You take away some of those opportunities for easy buckets. Probably many of them. Not a ton in transition. I mean, they scored 15 points on the fast break. Uh, that's not nothing, right? But still, just absolutely hard to, you know stay out in front of your people when, you know, you're turning the ball over and, and, and everyone has to scramble and hurry and get back on defense. Right. It's just, um, and the Eastern Washington has done that now twice to the Wildcats this season. So it's a little bit, a little bit tough to, to find your way into a win that way. <laughs> Brooke thoughts on turnovers. I mean, you've seen a lot of, a lot of basketball from this team the past couple of years. Did you feel that the team looked like an older version of itself or was it just a, a small hiccup in overall the, the strides that they've made?
2: Um, kind of a little bit about their old, like their old selves with the turnovers, like we've talked about before and kind of what Dan mentioned, they get a little antsy with some of their plays and trying to force the plays to work. And so then they do those bad passes instead of saying, okay, let's not throw it into Emma who's covered by three people. Let's maybe keep moving it around and, and maybe even call something else. I think that's a lot of the turnovers. Those are the, always the ones that stick out in my head is those bad passes trying to force the place to work
0: yeah, I think that's one of the hard things, too. I mean, when you know you want to stick to the game plan, right? It's like we've come up with this plan for a reason. We want to stick with that plan and hopefully make make a difference here. And so, and in, sometimes in, in your zeal to kind of stick with the plan, like you said, Brooke, maybe sort of forcing the issue a little bit because Eastern or whoever the opponent's going to be on that particular night is ready for that mm-hmm. plan or some aspects of it. And so then it leads to some turnovers or some errant passes or things like that. And so yeah, I think it's a tough balance to strike when you're trying to stick with the plan, but also be flexible on the f- on the floor as the situation is changing.
2: Mm-hmm. And sometimes those passes work, but <laughs> you don't, I, I remember the ones that don't work because it seems like so many of
0: them that happens. Well, we talked a little bit about turnovers folks, but um, I want to talk about the, you know, the opposite uh, Wildcats only two steals themselves. Um, so it feels like, The wildcat defense in this one was really the deciding factor because the wildcats led in rebounds. They led in assists. They led in blocks. Uh, you know, a lot of the other intangible things that you'd like to see happen. Just the, the, the shortfall was just defensively not able to stop the Eagles enough. Uh, especially after giving the ball up 20 times on 13 steals, um, and so that, that's kind of what I wrote, but I wanted to get you all thoughts. Like if we can boil this game down, this result down into one thing, what is it for you, Jessica? <laughs>
1: I, I really think it it's, you know, keeping our hands on the ball. I, I think what was the deciding factor for us was turnovers. I think defensively, um, we did okay in terms of just looking at how we've played over the season. I think we could have probably gotten a few more defensive rebounds, but really a lot of it comes down to just our sheer positioning um, and, and how we were playing the game. So I think what really was that deciding factor for us was... Just being able to keep the ball and make solid passes, as Dan was pointing out. Because I think sometimes we're we're just like Brooke said a second ago, we are sticking to what we were running when we really need to take a pause and maybe uh, look at running a different play that is going to project us to a greater extent. So I I think defensively, certainly we could have done better. Um, But I think so much of it comes down to the turnovers. Yeah, and I
0: guess what I'd say about the, about the defensive piece is if you look at the numbers—I mean, in the fourth quarter, the Wildcats actually held the Eagles to 30% shooting.
1: Mm-hmm. The
0: glaring issue is the free throws—18 free throws in that in that quarter—and part oh, of that oh, is oh. trying to keep up, right? It's like, okay, mm-hmm. like, we're going to try and play the foul game in the last you know minute or so, and try—and mm-hmm. so that that number gets inflated a little bit, right? But Overall, the, the, I think that if we were going to talk about defense, probably it's the third quarter where they needed to lock it down and have a really good run because, you know, going in saying, okay, like they had had a good bounce back second quarter, holding Eastern Washington down after, you know, an, an okay, I'd say a middling first quarter, you know, they did shoot 50%, six of 12, but then they come out and shoot four of 15, right? They hold them to 26%. Like that's, that's a great number. And they end O of two from three, you know, so it's like, okay, this is great but then the nine of 14 in the third quarter and two of three mm-hmm. from the three point line. Like that's, that's where the Eagles get back in the game, you know, to kind of knot things up and say, okay. And they kind of, you know, take that momentum with them into the fourth quarter and it carries them the rest of the way through. Dan Brooke um, thoughts on uh, the deciding factor in this one.
3: Can I play the family scientist card here? Do it. Okay. So, I'm not the best at basketball. I'm learning, and I, I feel like I learn more every game and learn from you all. But one of the things that uh, we learn in family science, uh, whenever there's parenting, and I think most parents know this: if you you raise a, a child one way, and it seems like that's a consistent pattern of establishing boundaries, rules, and everything else, and giving them different punishments and everything else, it seems to work a certain way. And then you get the second child, and you try the exact same rules and and establishment and everything else. And it works completely different. It backfires on them. And they're like, it worked with the first child. Why isn't it working with the second child? Now I'm going somewhere with this because when we're watching this game, what was working for them in the first through the third quarter. And and sometimes those passes I'd watch them and, and and I would ask myself, why are they making that pass? Well, they're making that pass because so many times that those passes worked for them uh, down this early on. But down the stretch, when Iwu was making the adjustments, they weren't working for him. And it's got to be frustrating when you think, in your mind's eye, you're doing what worked and it's not working now. That can be quite the struggle for this team. And so just like parents trying to raise two children the exact same way, you have to make those adjustments. And there had to be some sort of reaction to the defense to make those kind of adjustments. And that was a struggle for him. So yeah. I hope that connected. But that... I'm a family science nerd, so that I have, that was what I saw. and What I thought about.
0: <laughs> well, uh, last thing I want to talk about on this one before we move on to the Idaho game is the the free throws. Uh, like we said, 33 free throws in this one. Um, part of that, of course, that that elevated number in the fourth quarter is playing the foul game late in the game to try and maybe get a little bit back into it, uh, but it just doesn't end up not working. Um, and so, I wanted to ask: I mean, did you all feel like that's a bad whistle? Or is it just, you know, being off your game defensively in that fourth quarter that elevates that number so much? Like what caused it in, in your view?
1: Well, it stresses me out to play the foul game the way we do. And we commit way too long. God bless our hearts. I do yes. love it. Like, when it the Idaho game. I was like, OK, I can't keep doing this because we. We commit and we really make the score look so much of a, you know, there's a bigger gap every time we see that final score because we have played that foul game too long. And there's really no way we're coming back, which I know it's frustrating because so dang many of these games this season have been so close. But I think we inflate that uh field goal number by playing the foul game we increase the gap by the end of the game when we're playing it that way and it it frustrates me that we can continue to do it I understand certainly um, why why that's played throughout basketball but I think it just makes the story look different than it does if you're actually sitting there watching it you know
0: yeah and I guess one thing I'd point out is that the Eagles are the worst free throw shooting team in the conference and so you can understand why the coaching staff would say well we're going to foul because we think that they're going to miss and it's hopefully going to give us an opportunity to get back in. And uh, unfortunately it, it doesn't quite work that way. I mean, they, they go 16 of 18, right? They just missed two. That's it. And so you, I can see why they would try. Cause it's like, listen, they're 70% free throw shooting team. Right. We're going to, we're going to dare them. We're going to see if we can maybe get back in this thing. It just didn't work this time. Thoughts on free throws yep. right, or on fouls and, and free throw attempts by the Eagles broker Dan,
2: um I think it was a little bit of both but mostly just frustration I think um there's a few fouls that they called that I thought were ridiculous but um I think Jessica covered covered it I mean and they've always committed to the fouling thing at the end like every season every year I'm like it's already 10 like just stop (laughs) it's uh
0: Well, I'd say, you know, sometimes it works. Uh, You know, and I think that, like, I I think back to that Sac State game.
2: Yeah.
0: It pays off there, right? Sac State's not a bad team. The foul game ends up, you know, giving the the Wildcats the opportunity to get the W. Um, They did try it in the Idaho game. uh, Doesn't work there. Um, Tried it in this game. Doesn't work here. Um, And so I guess in some ways, you know, the coaching staff probably looks at it as like, we've got nothing to lose. We might as well try. But I definitely hear from the fan perspective where it's just like, oh this is gonna take forever <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. well and then they don't bat like they'll do the foul shots then they run down and run around trying to do a plan it's like okay hey, but you're down eight points shoot the ball like you have to get points to get back into it you can't just keep fouling them because then the, the lead will just keep growing just you, I don't know it's just frustrating I'm like well, let's waste 30 seconds
1: for what you're still down eight Yeah. Yeah. And and yeah, I agree even with what you're saying, Colby from a fan perspective, it definitely gets frustrating. Those last two minutes just hurt. And I think part of it is from the fan perspective we've seen, like in this game, I think it was nine lead changes that we had, right? Like it wasn't a game where we were far apart. And I think it really comes down to, and I was looking at it again, like we just don't have a whole lot of blowout games, right? Like throughout the season, they are just so dang close. And so I know the coaching staff is getting frustrated there at the in too. And they're like, let's pull it through. Right. Cause I in this next game. Oh my goodness. I had some feelings in the third quarter. Right. But <laughs> yeah. and so I know a, a lot of it is just balancing all of the things. And we are just a really good team compared to where we are last year right it's just we're, we're just not finishing and so that's you know where it feels a little bit stressful when you get to the end and we're playing the foul game so I get why we do it but I think by that point the team the fans the coaches we're all just frustrated because like man we've been so close this whole gosh darn game right so yeah
0: yeah 13 ties as well in this game yeah just you know really like a seesaw game just back and mm-hmm.
3: forth
0: Dan final thought on eastern Washington before we move on to the Idaho game
3: the only other thing I'd add is uh, we were so close that g- game. We've been close all season. There've just been so many close games and this team's yeah. always playing right there down to the wire and uh, that can, that can wear on them. I, I mean, I hear that it gives them experience. It's good to have those close games um, and they are better than they were last year. And so we got to give them credit for that. Um, hopefully we can start seeing more of those games close out. I, I was talking to somebody the other day. I'd really like to see a game where they're beating a team by 10, 20 points. Just, just a couple of those games that are kind of low
0: blood pressure games. I'd like to have a couple.
2: Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, it gives me hope because I look at that and say, okay, we had a, you know, a, a long season of close losses and a veteran core to this team. Right. And so I think that uh, as we work through the final five games of the schedule here and go into the conference tournament and then beyond into the fall later this year for the, for the final season, for a lot of these players, I think that they're going to remember. I think that, you know, of course, learning how to close out is good. And it's good because these players, they're all kind of going through it together because we kind of have two, two sides to this team right now. Right. There's the, the, the established core, the folks that have played together through really tough times, and now are starting to come out of it, and, and had some success early in the conference season, they've hit a skid, um, but you know they sort of have begun to understand, and the, you know the young players that are there watching on the bench, uh, I think that they're getting that opportunity to kind of learn and go through it themselves in a, in a in a in a much m- a tighter way you know as opposed to you know getting blown out every game and you know no hope and maybe we're going to win one game all season um it's a little bit different this season right and so that's where it's like i think that it's it's like the titanic you know it takes a while to move the ship and change the culture but the culture is changing and that's why it gives me hope for next season to say okay a lot of close losses this team's going to learn a awful lot about how to close games and uh i think we're going to see that paid dividends next year mm. as they kind of work through the schedule. So, all right, folks, uh, that's the Eastern Washington game. Um, Now let's talk a little bit about the Idaho game. Uh, This one was almost a mirror image, a little bit different, but almost a mirror image of what we saw against EWU. Close, going into the third quarter right there, neck and neck. And then the Vandals just turn it on and score 29 points in that that, uh, final frame. And, and the, and the Wildcats only scoring 19, which 19 is still a good frame, right? Like that's a good frame. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: The Vandals
0: scored 29 points in that one. And so uh, for me, um, there's that barrage of threes that this is to me, you know, I, I had the opportunity to watch this part of the game on Saturday and the Vandals come out and they hit three, 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 they hit, was it four in a row? And then they get fouled and they send the shooter to the free throw line and they make three three free throws. And so before you know it, you were up, I think the Wildcats were up one and mm-hmm. before they know it, they're down 14. Just bam, bam, bam. And then it was out of hand. Right. Yeah. I wanna get I wanna get your thoughts on that on that frame and kind of how the game just got turned on its head with that barrage of threes from Idaho. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's exactly what you're saying. One of the things that I noticed when we had the barrage of threes is we were playing for the rebound. We weren't playing to block the um, Mm. shots of the threes. And so we played back quite a bit, which I I know might be our tendency because I don't know that Eastern Washington made more than three free throws the previous game. And so we weren't playing in that portion of the game like they were going to make the three we were playing for the rebound and I think that not being you know closer and really in the defense the defensive stance there uh impacted us quite a bit and it was a little bit frustrating because it was repeated but like you we just haven't played a whole lot of teams who were down in threes like that I mean they really looked great during that stretch Idaho did and like I said we were playing for the rebound and so it doesn't surprise me that um they were able to really impact that score relatively quickly.
0: Yeah. I think maybe the frustrating thing here too, is that the Vandals only had 28 points in the paint, you know, like the Wildcats dared them to shoot. And unfortunately the Vandals answered the bell. And I think that's the weird thing about this Vandals team is that they've been very Jekyll and Hyde. You know, this is a team that beat the Wildcats by 20 up in Moscow. Um, But they've had some bad losses as well. They've been very up and down. And so you didn't really know what to expect from the Vandals coming into the game on Saturday. Were they going to be the good team or were they going to be the not so good team? And I I look at that and I say, okay, they hit a lot of jump shots. And like part of that is skill, but also part of it is luck. Like we've seen with the men's team, there's some games where they've absolutely just ripped the nets. And then other games like this last week where they just weren't hitting threes and ends up costing them. And so I think that like Idaho is kind of the same thing for them. They hit their threes. And, and it wasn't necessarily like they were just blowing it out because like they weren't. you look through the frames, I mean three of six in the first, three of seven in the second, oh, of four in the third. So you think, okay, maybe they've cooled off, but then they come right back out in four of four in the fourth quarter, and that kind of does them in. That does the Wildcats in right there, right? It's like, oh, and those four and and they come bam, bam, bam bam, bam all together in, just in a line, not spread out. And so I think that like, that's, that's where it's like, I understand the scheme where it's like, yeah, we're going to dare them to shoot over us uh, because we don't think they're going to hit their shots. Unfortunately they did. Yeah. Brooker
2: Dan. Yeah. I think that covers it. I think, I can't remember exactly what happened with Weber before all those, I think maybe a couple turnovers or missed shots or something, but yeah, they just hit those few threes that foul on the three-pointer and it just felt deflating like just everybody just kind of, Oh, (laughs) well.
0: Yeah. Especially after the Wildcats going on a run of their own to get Mm -hmm. back in the game, right? Mm -hmm. Say, okay. But they went on a little run right there and they ended up going up one point to say like, okay, like we're going to, we're going to do something here. And uh, I was like, okay, like we got this. And then like you said, flip the game on its head, the Vandals answer in a big way and really Mm -hmm. kind of puts it out of reach.
2: Yeah, exactly.
3: There was, so yeah, I'm, I'm sad about that. There was one bright spot that kind of came to me as I was watching this game. And that is our freshman, garden. I don't uh, She hit two. I remember the one three that she hit there in the fourth quarter, and I was pretty excited. She brings a different kind of energy uh, on defense. She's right there, still really close, playing close. She didn't play that many minutes, but I saw, like, this is the future. I was pretty excited to see Johnson play uh, the way she was playing. And yeah, she, she had four uh, three point attempts, but I did see and and made two of them. But the one that stood out to me was that three point winner she made in the fourth quarter where we're starting to make a comeback. And uh, if there was one thing I wanted to see from this team, and I don't know, again, I'm not the best at basketball, but I think a lot, a lot of times whenever we're shooting those three point shots, it, we have to forget the misses and just keep them. And I know that sounds terrible. Um, that seems to be what we need to do though, because we can't be hesitant about shooting those threes. And I think we are because we overthink. We're like, okay, you know, I've missed a lot of those shots. You have to keep taking hit the the most recent, just keep at it. And I think that kind of aggression often leads to more three pointers being made, but you have to play through those slumps when it comes to three-point shots. That, that was one. Thing.
1: Well, and I think you're, I think yeah, remember. I think you're right about Johnson too. She was dang fun to watch. Um, she call. was quick and shot, you know, two of four three-point shots. So she was just out there and was aggressive, and she was fun to watch. That was a good call, Dan. I forgot about that.
0: Yeah. And I think that we've seen her minutes climb in the past uh, like week or so. Right. So putting Nikila Johnson in the game a little bit more, kind of giving her those reps um, kind of it seems like you know, spacing her a little bit and just saying, okay, like we're going to, we're going to try something here. And uh, it's, it's good to see because I think that the minutes in the game are, are some of the single best things that you can give to players. Um, and unfortunately, like we've talked about the Wildcats haven't necessarily blown a lot of teams out this season. I think the only blow I can think of was that Portland state game where it was like an emphatic win. Like it was like, yeah, that's a dub, like no Mm -hmm. doubt about it. Um, And so there hasn't been necessarily been a lot of opportunities for the coaching staff to put in uh, some of the young players to give them, you know, those minutes when, you know, it's what you would consider garbage time in the NBA um, and so, it is good to kind of see some of those players get folded in and say, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna try and put you in here because the games are close." And I think that like that added level of pressure to say, like, it's not just garbage time where you can just go out there and just huck up a bunch of shots and miss. Uh, this is this is real. Like they're they're asking you to do something here. Uh, I think that that's all the better. Uh, a more of a, a developmental strength to them as they get those opportunities. <laughs> So um let's let's talk a little bit more about um some of the some of the leaders here on the team. Darren Hickok had a, another great game, eighteen points. Uh but Emma Torbert was right there too, seventeen points herself. I mean, when the Wildcats are rolling, uh, you know, it's eighteen points for Hickok, seventeen for for Torbert, Jaden Matthews there with thirteen, and then Corey Benser with 10. Um, the one thing that stood out to me, we talked a little bit about three point shots, Dan. I mean, the Wildcats didn't shoot badly in this game. They shot forty one percent. That's a good number, right? Like that, that's a good number on 17 attempts, you know, which is a little bit different from, you know, what we've seen. Uh, we've talked a lot about how this team likes to play inside out. And there was that stretch where they were taking more three point shots. Um, but 40, 41% is not a, uh, they didn't have a bad frame in my view. You know, they didn't shoot below 33% the whole game from three. And that was, you know, one of three in the first half. Uh, I think that it was the, it was the field goal percentage, you know, shooting from the field. That's, that's where they kind of got, got into a little bit of trouble. Thoughts on, uh, on, on the starters sort of, you know, getting it together and saying, okay, we don't necessarily need to score 20 points a night, but, you know, getting into double digits and kind of, you know, getting three, four players to do that. I mean, seems like a recipe for success. Unfortunately, it wasn't this time.
1: You know, it was fun though. Those three players you just mentioned, Darren, Emma and Corey, like, Kills at steals. So Darren and Corey both had four. Emma had two in terms of points off turnovers. We actually beat out Idaho and had 25 points off turnovers. So we were playing the whole court and uh, those three players in particular were playing pretty dang fantastic. So both defensively, but then being able to go down and convert into points. Um, So I was really excited. Uh, You know, we were close those first two quarters. Uh, It was fantastic to see our comeback in the third quarter. It was just that we, you know, didn't hang on to it because uh, we we really lost the three point game there in the fourth. But I think each of those players really, we saw a solid game from them, even though the final score didn't exactly demonstrate that.
0: No, I think it's a good call out. I mean, Wildcats kept the turnovers down in this one. I mean, they, they ended up winning the turnover battle. I mean, Idaho committing nineteen, Wildcats just fourteen, right? Yep, just fourteen. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like okay, and you know, a couple here, a couple there, a couple there. You know, Court Penser with three, but you know, no one else. Uh, almost all of you with three, but you know, four steals, two steals, two steals from Emma Torbert, four steals from Darren Hickok, You know, just active hands. You know, doing their best to kind of keep the Wildcats in this game. Um, I think it's a good call out, Jessica, that, that those steals, you know, they make a big difference offensively for the Wildcats Mm -hmm. when they can, when they can get out there and run and the Wildcats come away with, you know, with only six fast break points. And so it's like steals were there, just uh, not, not quite necessarily able to convert quickly, but 25 points in total. So getting back into the set offense.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I really think that's what kept us motivated. Like so much of that occurred in the third quarter. It, it it was it was just fun to watch that comeback. And I think that um whenever the team is really meshing together, we start to see some of those fantastic things. Uh
0: I don't I don't want to belabor this too much because uh, we just talked a lot about it, but we saw a little bit more of the foul game in this one too, uh, especially Rockets trying to get back into it, trying to get the the Vandals to miss from the free throw line. And so elevated numbers in the fourth quarter, again, 15 free throw attempts by the vandals in the fourth, uh, making 13 of those, um, vandals did a really good job shooting, shooting from the free throw line. Um, unfortunately for them, they're third in the conference in free throw percentage at 76%. So, I mean, how do you feel about this one where this is a little bit different now trying to foul and get back into it where you're you're just trying to say, okay, because this, this game ended up being a little bit closer, right? Wildcats only losing this one by, by nine. Um, But trying to kind of get this one back together. I mean, how did you feel about the foul games here in this match compared to what we just talked about with Eastern Washington?
3: So it was both like a 20 minute 39 second series. Is that what we call it? Where it was like, you know, there's like a 30 seconds, but it seemed like it took like 20 minutes or, or for you to go through that 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah. Both, both of those games had that, but it did feel a little bit different here. Um, I, I don't know exactly why. I don't know if they're more comfortable with it, um, but it did feel like there was a chance there at the end with the free throw game and the fouling. It didn't pan out that way, but it did feel like there was a little bit more energy to scope.
0: Yeah. So now looking at the remaining schedule, there are five games left and, um, three of those games are going to be against pretty good, pretty good opponents. Southern Utah, the final game of the season, um, Sac State this week, Northern Arizona next week, all of those teams are in the top five in the conference. Um, how do you see, how do you see that final stretch going? Uh, like we said, three top, three top opponents, one of whom Wildcats have already beaten. Uh, the Wildcats have beaten Sac State on uh, on, a, on a pretty gritty win in the Purple Palace last time, but now taking the trip to Sacramento, um, you know, and a revenge game maybe of sorts uh, for NAU because that NAU loss, I think, was the catalyst for the Wildcats going to Portland and as absolutely drubbing them. Um, I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on this final five games? How, you think, how do you think it ends up? Brooke?
1: I'm voting we beat Northern Arizona and Portland State at home.
0: Okay. So going two of five?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Brooke, what about you?
2: Yeah, I was going to give them probably two games (laughs) of the five.
0: Yeah, that's the hope, right? I mean, because they've gone one of nine in the last ten. So you'd hope that, you know, okay, last couple of games, hope to kind of right the ship, maybe get a couple in this last five, head into the conference tournament and just see what happens. Dan, what about you?
3: I want to see one road win as well. So, yes, the two at home, but I'm going to – Pull out my my Weber State drinks here and, and pick one win. Um, Southern Utah, why not?
0: So that's the thing, right? Is the uh, an SUU? I mean, a, a good team right now in the conference standings. Uh, let me pull that up really quickly because I I had it up earlier. But, um, you know, like I said, top five in the conference right now in, ter- in terms of the standings. I uh, see you at number three, 11 and four in conference play, a 73% win percentage, 15 and nine overall. Um, and they are tough at home. They are five and two at home, but not invincible. I mean, somebody beat them twice. It could happen.
3: The other thing that we have to think about is this team, they can beat their opponents, they can beat them on the road. Yeah. The question is, do, you know, do they have what it takes? Do they believe that they can do that? They've seen it. And, and if I'm, you know, I, I don't want to be a coach. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I could never be a coach, but if I was somebody who is wanting to put that motivation, I'd say, you've done it before. You can, you can do this. We have what it takes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah.
1: I think you're right though, Dan. There's not a game that we couldn't have won, right? Every single well, maybe that was it Idaho that was our Idaho game, game
0: in Moscow. That was a blowout. Yeah. yeah. But other than that, <laughs> like I mean, I mean you just them, saw.
1: we could have won. Yeah. Yeah. They were in this
0: Idaho game on Saturday. They were there. Right. Third quarter. Yeah. Like it was all it was all pretty close. Wildcats had a one point lead going in there and then just that that one sequence where you know they hit that barrage of threes and it just kind of puts it out of reach. Like like they've been in all of these and they beat some of these teams, right? They beat Montana State, they beat Montana, you know, so a couple of the top conf- uh, teams in the conference right now. Montana State too, and they and they lose on a heartbreaker to Idaho State, the number one team in the conference right now. So, yeah, I agree with you all. Like these, I'm
3: ready to break other people's hearts. I want the other fan bases' hearts to be broken. I want us to have a
0: few close ones. I want to print that on a t shirt for next season. I'm ready to break some other people's hearts. Right. <laughs> I'll, That's it. I'll
1: buy that shirt, Colby. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm 100% down with that right now. It's like, okay, yeah, you know, paid the dues, a lot of close losses, a couple of buzzer beater losses that I, you know, that are just sort of a huge bummer. Got, you know, a, a really dramatic win over Sac State in not quite the same fashion, but really, really, you know, close. And so it's like, yeah, man, I'm ready to. Break somebody else's hearts because yeah. you know the Wildcats have paid their dues this season, a lot of close losses. Let's see what happens. Here, here. All right, folks. Well, uh, that's that's the Idaho game. Uh let's let's move on now to our final segment where we're gonna play factor cap. And so I've got some scenarios here for our panel. We're gonna see what they think. So, very first, very first um, statement, as it were, Darren Hickok. She is in the top 5 in the conference in scoring. What do you all think? Is that fact or is that cap? Fact. Okay, Jessica saying facts, Dan saying facts. Brooke, where are you at on this one?
2: Um <laughs> I was going to say cap, but <laughs>
0: Peer pressure joint.
2: Yeah. Us. <laughs> Come on, Brooke. I'll, I'll just say fact.
0: <laughs> okay. So she's going to go fact as well. <laughs> Survey says, yeah,
1: hmm. it's true.
0: She's number three in the conference. Okay.
1: Good thing I changed. <laughs> yeah. We're here for you, Brock. Thank you. Maybe don't listen to us next time.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no. All right. Next one
0: up Emma Torbert, number two in the conference in rebounds. That factor is that cap nobody has no i mean there are a lot of teams that have struggled to deal with emma Torbert's size in the post like they're just not players like her in the big sky like she is a force unto her own in the post so is she number two in the conference and rebounds that factor cap
2: cap they
0: both broke Hi, jessica saying cap dan where are you at yeah i was actually gonna say cap yeah okay the answer on this one it is capped. Number two in the conference is actually Jaden Matthews in rebound. Oh. Yeah. So J double double getting in there. That's I like that. Nice piss right there. That was good. Yeah. yeah so it's like we, we do have the number two. It's just That's not Emma. Emma good. is actually down a little bit. Uh I, I clicked out of the stats. Let me let me go back really, really quickly. Oh no, this is the worst. Anyway. We do have the number two uh, rebounder in the conference. It is Jaden Matthews. And I think it may be an unsung part of her game uh, this season because um, she's, she's been there, man. Like she's been really, really good for getting rebounds for her size. Um, I think that the thing that has, you know, dogged her a little bit this season is shooting. She hasn't quite had that number, but uh, uh, looking, let me look at this again really, really quickly. Yes. Jaden Matthews, number two, uh, the next closest Wildcat, Darren Hickok at number seven. And then Emma Torbert at number 10 in the conference. So that's how it shakes out. Next, the Wild, there are four Wildcats in the conference. In the conference top 10 in free throw percentage. Good free throw shooting team. Uh, we're going to go team yeah. stats here real quick and just kind of get that free throw percentage oh. overall. Wildcats yeah. will shoot a 76%. That's good for fourth in the conference. This one, factor cap?
1: Four in the top ten.
0: Four in the top ten of free throw percentage.
1: No. Cap. Yeah, cap.
0: It is cap. There. <laughs> I was like, there. Is this there. Really He's
1: going to be really <laughs> proud of us. But I almost feel like we should stop while we're ahead. You guys are
0: cleaning up. Hey, I got to say, you guys you guys are yeah, learning my tricks here. Yeah. yeah It's only three. Yeah, it. yeah. Yep. it is only three. Uh, currently, uh, currently, those folks are, uh, let me get this back up here. Uh, where'd it go? Oh, I lost it. Anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. So it's just three. All right. Now, next one. Weaver doesn't have a single player in the conference top 10 in assists. That factor cap.
1: You got have one. Cap. I
2: was going to say cap. I don't
0: know. Okay. So Dan, <laughs> Dan, you're saying cap. Mm-hmm. Brooks saying cap.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Jessica, Pierre where Buncher you at?
1: Cap. We got to have one. So it's fact. We might be ten.
0: It was fact. We don't have a single a single. We don't
1: have anybody
0: in the top ten. We do not. Are we fell you together sure? on that one, so At least we're yep. you. We were unified. is number thirteen. Emma Torbert is fifteen, and Jaden Matthews at twenty-one. Well,
1: we should probably be talking about that nonsense.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> think is that I, I don't, it's weird because I don't feel that the team is like a bad assisting team. Uh, there's just not one person who's really dominant. You know, it kind of, it kind of fluctuates. You know, we saw Emma have five assists and uh, I can't remember if it was the Eastern game or the Idaho game, but you know, it just kind of comes and goes it just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, it depends. And and the way that the offense runs uh, you know, it's a lot of play in the paint, uh, a team, you know, a team that likes to play close to the basket. And so it just kind of depends on how things shake out. All right, folks, final one. Corey Pencer leads the team in minutes played. Is that That's factor it. cap? Corey? Corey. What's factor say that. cap?
2: <sighs>
0: and I'm Dan, you're saying your fact? Yeah. Dan saying fact. Brooke? Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know because Darren's probably up there too.
0: It's true. She played 37 minutes, um, yeah, but she did foul out in the Darren's last one. Darren's
1: been injured though. So I know Emma's been out of game. Mm-hmm. Jade. A mm-hmm. fact, I guess.
0: <laughs> okay, Brooke saying fact. Dan saying fact. Jessica. I'm
1: going with them.
0: <laughs> She's saying
1: fact. The
0: peer pressure works. It is fact.
1: Okay.
0: She's number six in the conference. Really? Played. Mm-hmm. She averages 33.7 a game.
1: Who's next on our team?
0: Uh, the next closest is Jaden Matthews at 32.7 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. Just a minute. So,
3: factor cap. We are four out of five on factor cap.
0: Okay. Yeah, that was pretty good. So let's <laughs> check it out. Uh, you guys got the first one. You guys got the mm-hmm. second one. You got the third one. Uh, yeah, you guys were four out of five. Yeah. Team.
1: Pretty good at smelling a rat. <laughs> really, really proud of us. We are not yeah, good. <laughs>
2: I
3: had to fight yeah. the urge to look up big sky stats dot whatever you. No. Nope. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. So.
0: Well, if you want to, you go to bigskyconf.com. You go to, you know, you go to sports uh, and then you choose which one you want. And then no, that's like cheating at Wordle. We're not going to do that. No, that is like cheating at Wordle. Don't do it. Yeah, no, no.
1: Although, these last few days at Wordle, y'all, I tell it's you what,
0: people have been saying there's a conspiracy
3: that, that it got yeah, like, harder we, the minute the New York Times bought it. But yeah. I don't think that's true.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. A lot of people are saying they've been losing their streaks because it's been tough. Mm hmm. Okay, um, let's take a look at the upcoming calendar, folks. Uh, next two weeks, um, Thursday, February 17th, Wildcats on a road trip to the Nest, going to Sac State. Um, that game will be at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on ESPN+. Plus. And then Saturday, February 19th, Wildcats um, coming back and then heading out to Greeley, Colorado to take on the Bears in the bank. Uh, that will be game will be at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on ESPN+. Plus. Then the following, a little bit different, Wildcats on Wednesday, February 23rd in the Purple Palace against Portland State. Um, This easily could be, you know, you said they're going to win two more games. This could be the one. Portland State has not won a game against anybody in the conference. They are 0-12. So a very winnable game for the Wildcats. Uh, We'll have to see what shakes out. But note that that game is on Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Tickets available at weaverstatesports.com. And then Saturday, February 26th, the Northern Colorado Bears come to the Purple Palace, 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Uh, you can get that one on ESPN Plus or go to the game, Sports.com to get your tickets. So, folks, that's the show. Um, email us at weaverstateweekly at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, if you want to get that sweet, sweet recruiting um that recruiting content, it's all there for you. Uh, if you become a patron, you can go check it out. Weaver State, uh, patreon.com slash Weaver And then if you're a Slacker and you don't want to pay and you don't want to support us, eventually it will find its way to the blog. WeaverStateWeekly.com is where that blog can be found.
3: Just so. tell it's, it's like five bucks a month, and you get, and it, was it 15 bucks a month for the other level? You can get access to a lot of cool interviews. A lot of Brent-like interviews just got dropped this week. and uh yeah it's exciting to see uh, a lot of new recruits is this fun yeah
0: Yeah, there's more to come too um that's just that's just the first slew of guys that i had you know gotten the opportunity i think i got three left that i still need to drop and then i've got some more scheduled that i need to get with and so um 16 all recruits in total from the the signing period in, in february i think there were eight or nine in the early signing period in december and so we'll try getting with them as well um and then also um We'll be trying to get with uh, there are still a couple of folks that I want to get interviews with from the volleyball recruiting class. Plus, there's a kid that signed um, and all of those will go uh, behind that paywall first. So if you want to get those interviews, you want to talk to some of those folks, get there. Plus, I'm trying to get some interviews with some alumni. Uh, I don't know if you uh, if you all went to the game, Kathy Miller.
1: Yeah. Uh, I got honored.
0: Man, that lady is the goat. Like, Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> her numbers incredible. And so I'll uh, yeah. be working to maybe try and get an interview with her uh, soon. Uh, cause I want to, want to hear her story a little bit more. I love that tribute video they did though, man. that was
1: Oh crazy. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, I love for me that they put that on the broadcast, you know, cause I was not in the purple palace, mm-hmm. but able to watch the ceremony there on ESPN plus didn't go to commercial, you know, so here's what's oh. going to happen. And then she you know, had the opportunity to speak and uh, it was just great. I thought it was great. Uh, great ceremony and so uh well maybe have an opportunity to get with her soon and um talk a little bit about that so all right folks that's the show we'll wrap it up like we usually do weaver state weaver state
2: great great
0: great go wildcats